Welcome to the Freedom Nation podcast with Jeff Kickle. On this show, Jeff shares his expertise in financial and retirement planning from a different perspective. Planning for your Freedom Day, which is the first day that you wake up and have enough income or assets and do not have to go to work that day. Learn how to calculate what you need, how to generate income sources, and listen to interviews from others who've done it themselves. Get ready to experience your own Freedom Day. Hey, everybody, it's Jeff here once again with the Freedom Nation podcast, and I am super excited today to interview my friend Chris Miles, and Chris is uh, definitely the, the epitome of what we call Freedom Day, um, and he's going to tell you his story. He did it from the aspect of starting blogs and learning how to do blogging, so if you are one of those people out there going, I don't know what kind of business to start, and I don't know you know, what I can do, well, you're going to learn a way today to do this and and learn about his story. So, Chris, welcome to the show, buddy. Hey, thanks so much, Jeff. Uh, I'm going to uh, have a real good time here because we had a nice little chat offline. I'm really looking forward and excited to what we're going to do. I know. I'm about. like super excited to, to increase our conversation we already had for this. So, yeah, I know. I um, wish somebody was recorded. That would have been amazing. <laughs> I know. Well, it'll be recorded again. I, I think we'll still be there. Well, Chris, tell us a little bit about your story first off. Yeah. So, um, Man, when in the very beginning, it was just me and my wife. You know, okay. we had jobs. They weren't the greatest jobs in the world, but I mean, they were paying the bills. I used to call them JOBs, just over broke type jobs. <laughs> and because uh, we we had enough just to kind of take care of everything. But, you know, I mean, gosh, if if a car broke here, something broke on the house there, we were, you know, I think that classic stat about um, it was 70% of Americans don't have enough money to go into a thousand dollars without going into debt or something yeah. like that. Yeah. So that's, that's where we were. We're probably a lot worse, <laughs> you know? So um, we were, but we were doing okay. We were just kind of waiting there. And then all of a sudden we found out that we were pregnant with our first son. And that's when everything kind of changed because my wife sat me down and she said that she wanted to quit her job so that she could take care of him full time. And I remember thinking, oh, we can't do that. I can't afford that. We can't. Just can't there's there. not enough hours in the day for me. Yeah, to work. Exactly. Right. <laughs> and she kind of sat me down, looked me dead in my eye and said that I needed to figure this out. I was like, man, OK, so here we go. So I go online and I Google how to make money online. And you can only imagine, Jeff, what kind of cesspool pops up when you um, oh, yeah. Google that kind of phrase. But um, I tried a whole bunch of stuff, you know, um, like, like micro jobs and, mm -hmm. you know, little things that literally didn't take um into account how much time is yeah. required to do those things and then you get paid like a dollar or three dollars just for taking care of it it was something like in, insane so i knew that that wasn't the route but i eventually stumbled across um blogging and affiliate marketing now um i started doing it and i'm gonna be honest i failed my first couple of sites were huge huge failures mm -hmm. but i didn't let that stop me because yeah. i it had to work my motivation was that i needed to figure this out for my wife and kid right mm -hmm. so because that was a different motivation than just wanting to make a few extra bucks, that is really what propelled me to not see my failures as a, a, a roadblock. It was just something I had to get around and then continue moving forward. And then once I finally got to the other side of that and I looked back, I was like, wow, this, this actually worked. So then within about 18 months, I was able to have my wife quit her job. About two years after that, I quit my job. And nice. that was about four years ago. So here we go. That is fantastic. So tell me, what, what was the first site that actually worked? Uh, uh, the first site that actually worked? That's a really good question. So um, I had a marketing uh, blog that was okay. doing pretty well. Mm -hmm. um, 
Now, this one was probably the one that that, that generated a lot of the income early on. And then I mm-hmm. took a lot of that and then turned it into other niche blogs Nice um, to be able to. And that's just a good it's a good investment strategy because you think about like a digital real estate almost. Right. So I'm building up these digital real estate that these are assets that generate revenue. And mm-hmm. because of that, you can buy and sell them. So I was able to do an, um, an exit on one of the sites where I was able to get a decent chunk of money. Then you take nice. that and buy more sites. And then it's kind of this, this little flywheel, you know, of uh, take, taking the money that you have and then getting bigger and bigger investments as you go on. Nice. Now, do you do all of your own content or do you do you uh, hire out some of the content? Yeah, early on, I did pretty much all the content. I remember at one point I was writing two, three blog posts a day, you know, because that's just how bad I needed to get it to work. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, that's what I was doing for a while. But then after a while, I was able to reinvest a lot of that into uh, writers for me. Nice. And so nowadays I'd still do blog. I mean, I might do four or five posts a month, mm-hmm. but I contract out like 30, you know, to nice. other uh, article writers. And then um, they send them back to me. I do a little bit of light editing because they're they're pretty good writers. And then um, post them onto the site and then, you know, move on to something else that I want to do that month. That's awesome. So let's talk a little bit about that. So you, you, we were talking before we got on the air, you have kind of a portfolio of, of different sites that you've got. Some that you're working on right now, others that you don't really work on as much. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. So I have a, about five or six sites, and okay. I'm probably only actively working on at least two right now, maybe two and a half if you want to count one, because I, I still do add articles to it, uh, but not as much as the other two. Got it. Super cool. So what, did, you know, when you look at the the success you've had, you know, you had little struggles at the beginning, and then you had the success. What what do you attribute that success to? What did you learn in that process? Yeah, um, I think I guess I want to go back to the motivation for it because I'm kind of a serial entrepreneur, Jeff. I went through the whole process of, uh, you know, I've had so many different businesses, but a lot of them just they either didn't work or they weren't making enough money to justify me continuing to work on them. Yeah. So I mean, I did everything. I, I sold, bought, and sold clothes on eBay. I mm-hmm. was flipping laptops one time on eBay. Um, I remember I bought some uh, iPhones, but they weren't iPhones. They ended up becoming M phones from some overseas oh. retailer. I don't even know what an M phone is, but apparently it's a thing, and it still exists even today. This is okay. years ago, and uh, I ended up losing money on that investment. <laughs> but uh, regardless, you know, I've always have been doing something. I've had a job since I was 16 years old. Mm-hmm. I was always making money doing something on the side. But um, when the motivation changed, and it wasn't really any much longer about just the money, the money yeah. was just a means to an end, right? So because of that, um, I had a different type of motivation where it just needed to work if yeah. I wanted to, you know, be home for my family, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I remember one specific uh, situation where uh, my son, his name's Benji, he was really, really young, and he had just, like, said his first word. I was still working at the time, and I remember coming home. And uh, I forgot exactly what the word was, unfortunately, but let's just say it was um, blogging, all right, just for the sake of argument. But uh, he said it while I was playing with him. I had been going to work like 12 hours that day, and I was so excited. So I picked him up, and I ran him over to uh, my wife, and I was like, look, he's he's saying the word, he's saying the word. And she's like, oh, yeah, he's been saying that for about a week now. Oh, crap. Gosh. And that one hurt because yeah, it's like, gone. all right, I'm going to make this one. Yeah, I'm going to make right. this work no matter so, what. So uh, that was a, a strong motivation for me yeah. there because I was missing out on my kid's life. And that kind of that kind of bothered me. So my goal was to just work 
with the business until, especially when we quit, to the point to where he's going to school. If yeah. I can kind of bridge that gap, I would have been satisfied. Mm-hmm. And um, I was able to bridge that gap. He started school last year. So this is his second year nice. in school. And I was like, wow, this, this, we're, we're still going, you know? Yeah. So uh, I, I kind of like not needing a, um, an alarm clock. You know, yeah. I kind of like uh, just waking well, up. Well, it's going to be nice when, you know, when everybody else is slaving away in a cubicle. And you know your yeah. son has a has a play or something at school, and you get to be there. You know, yeah, exactly. One of the, yeah. Look, I'm gonna tell you, Jeff. One of the coolest things is going to the grocery store at like 10:30 in the morning. There's, yeah. there's, there's nobody there. You know, yeah. so I don't have to worry about anything. You know, I can take my time, and I have to worry about a line that's way to the back of the store just just to check out. Uh, you know, there's the little things really mm-hmm. is is what what really pops up when you realize you do have the freedom to kind of move around as you please. Yeah. Well, and I, and we talked about that at the beginning. I mean, the other part was that realization that that day that you had enough money coming in that you just didn't have to get up and go to work anymore. And, yeah. and it became, yeah, I mean, I think the way you put it was, I realized, why, why am I slaving away at work yeah. when I can be I was I was wasting time going to work. Yeah. is kind of the realization I, I had because I could have spent that exact same amount of time and make more money with the business that I was working on. Yeah. I was working really hard for the the business, for the company. Yeah. And look, I, I come from the school of thought that nobody likes their jobs. Now, I, I get it. I understand there are some people out there who do enjoy what they do for a living. But I, most people don't. But most people don't. <laughs> I hated what I did for a living. Well, I mean, I liked the job. I, I didn't like the bosses. And mm. because of that... I was just like, okay, I got to figure out something. So all of that on top of the kids and the wife and all of this mm-hmm. kind of just kind of compounded to where, okay, I need to figure something else out. So uh, being able to figure that out. And I remember the day that I told my boss I was quitting, his jaw dropped. He could not believe it. He was like, wait, what are you talking about? Because I never told him I was doing anything like yeah. this on the side. Uh, I learned that lesson a long time ago. Never tell, <laughs> never tell the boss that well, kind of stuff. Well, what, yeah. What new company are you going to? Mine. Mine, exactly. <laughs> um, I, mean, I was working like 12 to 15 hours a day. Wow. Like I would wake up in the morning before my son would wake up. Mm-hmm. And by the time I got home, he was already to bed. Yeah, that, it's, that, yeah. that was rough. Yeah, that was rough. Yeah, that sucks. Well, I mean, it sounds awesome. So tell us a little bit about, you know, becoming a successful blogger. You know, what what does it look like? I mean, what did you have to do from a training standpoint to get yourself to where it's like, okay, I'm I'm there. Yeah. So, I mean, it didn't come with a few hurdles, uh, obviously. When I first got started, you know, I did what most people probably do is I just went on YouTube and found someone who said they knew what they were talking about Mm -hmm. and just kind of followed them. And once I started following them, they made it look so, so simple. Right. Right. And (laughs) what you call his name was um, the lazy the lazy stoner that was his oh, good God. <laughs> he's a, he's a youtube channel called the lazy stoner so what i now granted i'm a lot better marketer now than i was in the past but now that i look back at it i realized he was just selling the idea that yep i could be a lazy stoner and i can still make this money blogging but mm-hmm. i was sold i was like oh man this is awesome i need to figure out what he's yeah. doing so i remember watching all of his youtube videos and i literally created a site just like the one that he had mm-hmm. and i remember posting it and then just crossing my arms and waiting for traffic and money to come in. Yeah. Neither of which happened. And nope. as a result, uh, 
I, I even followed a couple of bad practices that I didn't know were bad. You, you don't know what you don't know, right? Yeah. So I had a couple of bad practices that I had followed that he had done maybe years prior that Google wasn't even allowing nowadays. Okay. But I, I didn't know that. So I had done it and I ended up getting my site taken out of the Google index. It got completely taken off um, oh. because I was doing something at the time technically was against Google's uh, terms of service. Yeah. So uh, a lot of people would let that kind of thing stop them. But mm-hmm. I just, I found me somebody else. I decided, you know, instead of just sticking with this free stuff, uh, yeah. I went ahead and invested in a training program to show me exactly how to do this. And I just followed it. I put my, I just, uh, my, I was at the mercy of the training basically. Mm-hmm. And um, I followed him and the guy who created it. And uh, next thing I know, you know, I had made my first commissions and I was like, wow, this, nice. this is working. And then after the first commissions had gone through, you know, I started doubling down. I created another site and another site mm-hmm. and uh, one of them blew up and everything it has been history ever since. That's right. So now how, do you know, when you're looking at a, a website, when you're creating a website, you know, how are, what are, what are the sources of income that you're making from that? Or, or when you're setting it up, what are you targeting as far as the different sources of income? Yeah, that's the cool thing about what we do as bloggers, Jeff, is the fact that there are so many different ways in which you can monetize a blog because you have an audience of people. Now, Mm -hmm. you just got to figure out what the audience of people is interested in, right? Now, there are passive as well as more active ways that you can earn an an income with a blog, but the ones that I mainly focus on would be display ads and affiliate marketing. Okay. Okay. So can you kind of explain for people that don't really understand that kind of give us a the the quick uh quick and dirty definition yeah. of those. Yeah, for sure. So all right, this display ads. Now when you go okay. to uh when you go to Google and you Google something and you land on someone else's website, mm-hmm. you probably see a whole bunch of ads popping up from what you were looking at on Amazon earlier that yep. day. All right, or something, right? Those display ads, the website owner gets uh makes revenue from that. It's not Got a it. ton of revenue, but those numbers add up when you start to get, you know, 20, 50, 100,000 people to your site at a time. So mm-hmm. because of that, you can make a pretty decent income just from the content simply existing, you know, and with the content existing, you're able to make money that way. So that's a nice passive way to do it because you don't have to do anything actively to get that running other mm-hmm. than just making sure that the blog is continuing to grow. Okay. All right. Another way is with affiliate marketing. This is by far my favorite way to make money with a blog. Um, affiliate marketing is basically partnering with other companies and then being able to sell or promote their products. Um, you can really do this with anything, um, any websites you almost go to, you can scroll all the way down to the bottom and usually they'll have like a link that says partner program, affiliate program, or something like that. And if you're in a niche, let's say, for example, um, I like to use golf as an example. So if you're in the golfing space, right, you can go to, you know, Callaway or Titleist or one of these places and you can join their affiliate programs, uh-huh. get paid 5 to 10% every time somebody clicks one of your links and goes on to buy something. It. Um, it may not seem like a lot, but when you add it up with the sheer number of people that you can get to a site, plus with how expensive golf clubs are, you can uh-huh. usually get pretty good commissions uh, based just on that. So that's just two of the main ways that I use to uh, monetize a blog. That's awesome. Very cool. Um, and and what uh, my guess is what drives the traffic is really... The content that you're putting out there, um, SEO, I'm assuming. Yeah, and that's on. yeah, and that's really the the trick, Jeff. Because a lot of people, on especially online, a lot of these these gurus, and some people might even look at me and call me a guru. But yeah. you know, all of these gurus online, they 
say how easy it is. Like the one that I was following, the lazy stoner guy, he was just saying how easy it was, but he wasn't going into how to generate the actual traffic. Yeah. That's the part that a lot of people kind of leave out because that's kind of the nitty gritty dirty part of trying Mm -hmm. to, you can have the greatest product in the world, but if nobody knows you exist, then it doesn't matter. So what I mainly use is SEO or search engine optimization, okay. uh, specifically with Google. So um, Google is one of the most consistent traffic sources on the planet, and mm. it, it has been for quite a long time. So well that there are multi-billion dollar companies that exist solely because what Google does, yeah. you know, the fact that they can surface up the right answer to someone's question. That goes a long way. So because of that, you can leverage what Google wants by mm-hmm. answering specific questions using what's called on-page SEO uh, okay. to put the keywords or the words that you're trying to target in the right specific places within your blog post so that they're more likely to pop up on the first page when someone Googles a particular question or comment or concern. Makes and sense. then they click on your website, you answer the question, now they like you, and hopefully you can either get their email address or you can promote a product to them and then make a commission that way. Yeah. So you're you're basically an overnight success. Uh, you didn't really <laughs> have to work hard. You're just a lazy stoner and you're fine. Um, you know, I, I think anything that is worth it, you've got to work at. And, and yeah. I think, you know, I think the best way you explained it is you've got to um, you know, you got to invest a little bit of money in learning how to do it. You know, don't just yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, don't 90, just go to YouTube and <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you want to, if you, I mean, I'm going to be honest, there is a ton of free information on okay. really anywhere, right? You could probably learn how to do almost anything for free if mm. you find the right, you know, uh, person in the process of videos. Yeah. But what you're going to lose out on mostly is time because you got to put those things together. Yeah. I would much rather pay someone else to tell me what to do step by step. So Mm -hmm. that I get it right the first time. And that's really what the whole value of, you know, getting a mentor or some type of course or something like that. Some people look down on those types of things, but I mean, no one really got anywhere without any, without any help. Right. So just get a little bit of help on what to do. And I'd rather pay someone who is 10 steps ahead of me to tell me what Mm -hmm. to do you know, so that I can cut down on the learning curve, cut down on the amount of time because time is money. And once I realized the value of my time is really when things started to click for me. Well, and I think too, you know, I, 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 I don't discount what you said about motivation too. Yeah. Uh, Cause it. I look at it in my own world. I mean, I, I, I knew I wanted to own my own business, but I mean, I, I had seven businesses that failed miserably before I finally had one that was successful. And the reason was, I didn't really have the motivation to make, the, you know, there was nothing that said, okay, this is, you know, I've burned the bridges at the shore. I've got to get going. And it wasn't until I, my last place that I worked that I hated working at so much that I was like, I don't care if I have to live in a car. I quit my job and started that business. That's when I was, then that's when it became successful. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's definitely some value in what I like to call failing forward, you know, there's very few very successful entrepreneurs out there who their first business is the one that took off. You know, just like you mentioned, it's, it could be your fifth, sixth or seventh business before you Mm -hmm. finally get it. But it's not like you wasted your time those previous times. It's just that you learn the right way to do it. You, something failed. Okay. Let me make sure that that doesn't happen again, you know? And once you finally get the pieces together, Mm-hmm. I used to always say it only needs to work once. You know, yeah. a lot of people will say, "Okay, I'm trying to do this. I'm trying to do that. I, I, I invested here. I invested that, but I'm continuing to do it." 
but if it worked once then you won't need anything else right so it just needs to work once which is really the cool part about it yeah exactly well and then once it works once you can just replicate over and over and over again Exactly. And then maybe even revisit some of the things you did in yeah. the past, but as a smarter entrepreneur at that time. Yeah, it wasn't such a bad idea. It just was a bad execution on the idea. Yeah. I mean, there's there's things that I did when I was um, in my late teens, early 20s that were, mm. you know, idiotic moves. All right. But uh, now I look back at it. Now I see that, okay, that I think we were talking about the example of the iPhones and the M phones. Yeah. I remember going to my dad asking him for the money to invest in this because, hey, iPhones were just getting big at the time. They were maybe uh, like you can normally sell one for like 800 bucks. Yeah. So I was being able to get these iPhones for 400 bucks from this, you know, random overseas retail uh, wholesaler. But um, when I got them and realized that they weren't iPhones, they were really M phones, then um, <laughs> I don't M phones. So <laughs> uh, I was able to still sell them. I, I, didn't, I couldn't yeah. get the same money for them, but I was able to get at least some of the money back. But regardless, now, if someone tells me, oh, they got this hot idea, I just need to go send this, you know, weird guy overseas some money and he'll send me something back, I'm going to be like, no, you know, yeah. <laughs> because I've been there. No, before. that's a dumb idea. I've been there, yeah. done that one. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So you just learn from your mistakes and just keep moving forward. That's brilliant. Is there anything new in your world now that you're working on? Um, Let's see. I have a... All right, so do I have I have a training program where I'm showing other people how to do it? For a okay. long time, I was doing it where it was just uh, uh, like one-on-one helping people out, yep. you know, jumping on Zoom calls, telling people what they need to do next. Um, I've now I've did that for at least an entire year and a half almost, hmm. and I started realizing that I'm just tired of seeing stuff on my calendar. So yeah. I said, you know what, I need to find a way because all of a sudden it started to become a job, Jeff. Yep. And that was that was a if you do anything long enough, it probably will become a job. But mm-hmm. it got to the point where I'm like, okay, I, I need to get my freedom back. I'm 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 tired of jumping on Zoom calls and having to be here and having to be there. Yeah. So what I ended up doing was um, I recorded myself doing everything and mm-hmm. I put together a course. I cut the price of it a little bit more to make it so I won't have to sell it as hard. Yeah. And now I just got that rolling. So now I have more time to actually devote back to blogging because I kind of got away from it for a little bit. Yeah. But um, after I had built up that portion of it and now I've kind of pushed the the somewhat passive button of the coaching stuff. And I'm going back to being a little bit more aggressive with the blogging. So that's kind of where I am right now. Love it. Love it. Love it. All right. Well, let's transition into the fast five questions. Oh, fast five. Let's do it. All right. You ready? Let's go. All right. So you wake up in the morning. Mm -hmm. Business is totally gone. You still have all the information in your head, $500 in your pocket, laptop, computer, place to live, food and clothing. What are you going to do first? Ah, 500 bucks, right? Yep. Okay. So if I already have the knowledge, I mean, I don't have to buy any books because I've already, read, I've already yeah. read a lot of them. All right. So what I would probably do is uh, start freelancing like okay. immediately. So um, since I have the knowledge, uh, if you remember, there's a, a book by Russell Brunson called Expert Secrets, where he talks about, uh, you know, on a scale of one to 10, where 10 is like, you know, using golf as an example, a Tiger Woods, where and zero is maybe just getting started with golf. Uh, mm-hmm. All I got to do is just be a little bit ahead of the people who I'm trying to show what yeah. to do just to, you know, so I can show them what to do, but I can also charge them a premium for it. Um, and because most people, just like we were talking about before, are more likely to buy something from somebody who can show them how to do it right the first time. Absolutely. So 
by doing that and charging here's the, the part right here charging a premium price for it too mm -hmm. don't just do it for 99 dollars one time on a on a on a zoom call or something you know get into the thousands because you want to make it worth it plus you want to incentivize the person who is investing in you mm -hmm. for them to continue working on it because there's an old phrase that says those who pay pay attention right so if they're if they have some skin in the game um in terms of, of money then they're going to work to get their investment back as well as as long as they are working and starting to get results i give them to do me a couple of um testimonials and then i can kind of scale that to the to you know showing other people hey i helped this person i helped that person this is what happened hey i want to you know i want to help you too once I get that rolling, then I'm going to go back to blogging, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. Um, so I start off my blog because blogging takes time. It's yeah. not going to be an overnight success with the blog. So because of that, I start the blog and I just start slowly creating content to it and then doing the the whole consulting thing. And then as time goes on and the blog revenue and income starts to raise, then I'll start doing the uh, uh, consulting less and less. And hopefully mm -hmm. I can kind of replace my own income there. But um, basically having the skill to be able to teach other people a valuable skill, but nice. then also building your own passive income streams is probably the thing that I would do with that 500 bucks. I love that idea. Fantastic. Uh, all right, next question. What's the biggest yep. business mistake you've ever made? Biggest business mistake. Um, it would probably be, man, I have so many. You know, <laughs> because, <Pick one. laughs> yeah, because when it comes to um like 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 a true false test, I'm the kind of person that gets it get every question wrong. You know, okay. I got a 50-50 chance of getting it wrong, but I still get it wrong. And a big reason for that is um, or actually I use that information because now I inherently know what the right answer is, right? If yeah. it's true, false, then I know what not to do, at least. So um, I guess one of the examples would have to be my first website. Um, we kind of talked about it, but it had gotten completely taken out of the Google index. The reason that happened was because I was borrowing, quote unquote, content from somebody, because that's what the other guy was doing, right? Yeah. So I had borrowed the content, I put it on my site, I kind of reworded it a little bit, and just went from there and uh, just waited for it to happen. I remember spending so many, at least two to three weeks just on that before I even hit publish on the site because I had no idea what I was doing, but I built the site up. I bought the hosting, bought the domain name, got it out there, uh, typed a lot of stuff and just left it there. So when it didn't work, you know, it was a little demoralizing because I was like, I just wasted weeks worth of time and got absolutely nothing to show for it <laughs> I, my website doesn't even show up in the google index if you tried to google my website it wouldn't come up at that time oh, because i had been taken down for plagiarism right okay. so i was like all right i gotta figure this out you know so um that'll probably be one of the biggest mistakes i've made um mm -hmm. another, another one where i chose the wrong mentor one time and end up losing okay. around seven to ten thousand dollars that that wasn't a that wasn't a nice day that's never uh, good. yeah that that's never but, never good at all but it didn't stop me from continuing to invest in mentors later it took me about a year but about a year later i invest i ended up investing in somebody else and that guy helped me make two hundred thousand dollars the next year yeah. so ended up working out pretty well yeah i think that's the biggest thing it's like okay you and and I I like the way you put that too of you invested in a mentor because I I there's a lot of coaches that are out there and I yeah I I, I disseminate now between coaches and mentors you know I, I think a coach yeah. is sometimes somebody who has some theoretical knowledge a mentor is somebody who's been where you want to be you know you're you're paying right. them to help you get to where they are yeah and there's a the whole phrase of those who don't do teach you know yeah. and I've 
always try my best to stay away from that, you know, so I purposely continue to blog because I don't want to yeah. be the kind of person who's like, I just teach people how to blog, but I don't know how to blog myself. Yeah. Right. So um, I Kinda wanted to like make sure stoner, I didn't uh, the, the, the lazy yeah. stoner dude. Exactly. Right. <laughs> you know, so um, I've been sure to just stay, you know, in practice and know what's going yeah. on right here, right now in the world of SEO and Google and all of this fun stuff, because I'm actually doing it on my sites themselves. So right. that's how I try to separate myself from being a mentor versus a coach, kind of like you're mentioning. Well, and I think, you know, that's the big thing too, is you're also, you're, you're in an industry that really requires you to be up on what's going on right now, because Google can change on a dime. Oh gosh, tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they just had some updates in recent months. Um, you know, this, okay. this might be getting a little too deep into the weeds, but uh, they did have a couple of updates where it kind of, it shook up, you know, the what's called the search engine results page. That's basically okay. when you Google something, what the first thing that pops up. But uh, yeah, it shook up some of those things. And a lot of people are, you know, you know, crying bloody murder now and the mm. sky is falling and all of this stuff. But as long as you work within what the, social media networks want then mm -hmm. typically you're going to end up just sticking around anyway yeah. and you know instagram has a different business model than facebook does than tiktok does or whatever but google's business model is just continuing to answer people's questions mm -hmm. and when you answer a question and you don't throw in a lot of fluff and it's not uh, um, you know, it, it answers it succinctly to yeah. the point, and you're not just wasting people's time, then you're going to end up naturally, you know, rising to the top, mm -hmm. because you're doing what Google wants you to do. Yeah. So that's what I preach, you know, wholeheartedly to everybody, as long as you do what these social networks want you to do, then you're going to survive pretty much any update that might shake up, yeah. uh, you know, whatever. Well, pops yeah, you, on you the first try page. and do all the black hat things to, to get yourself exactly, there, you yeah. end up getting screwed in the process. Instead of just do what's right and understand what, understand the, I, I think you, you said it perfectly, understand what the business model of the, the channel is. Yeah, you know, exactly. If you're on YouTube, it's all about watch time. They want to yeah. keep, they want to keep your eyes on there because it's all about ads and you know, how many of those ads that they have on there get watched. That's, that's it. And if you understand that, all you got to do is create content that way that keeps eyeballs on that content as long as possible so that they get in front of the ads. Yeah, I remember I was watching a video with a guy named Tim Schmoyer. He's a real okay. big uh, YouTube guy out there. And um, one of my friends had uh, signed up to do a, a, a coaching call with him. Char okay. He charged like $1,000 just to talk to you for like 30 minutes. Okay. But um, so yeah, regardless, but he does it. And he one of the things he was saying was... Um, Back in 2017, 2018, the big thing on YouTube, especially if you had your own courses or own products that you're trying to promote, mm -hmm. is every single video, you know, hey, go go sign up for my course. Hey, go sign up for my email list. Hey, go do this. Hey, go do this on every single video. But what's happening is when you do that, people find your video and then they leave YouTube. And yeah. after a while, YouTube was like, okay, we don't like that. Yeah. <laughs> you know? no, no. Wait a minute. Hold on. Yeah. So, <laughs> so Smoyer was saying, okay, what you need to start doing is... Um, instead of doing a call to action to leave YouTube on every single video, do it like every three to four videos. Yep. What he realized is when you started doing that, um, he started making more money with the courses that he was promoting yep. because his content was raising, like the content was like a uh, rising tide raises all ships. Mm -hmm. The whole yep. channel would raise. So his more, his call to actions 
were seen by more people. Correct. And because of that, he ended up making more money with it. So that's actually one of the things that I've been doing with my YouTube channel over the last about a year or so. Instead yeah. of always saying, hey, go leave, go leave, go leave. Now I say, hey, go watch this next video that talks about this. Yeah. And then now people are going to continue and their watch time on YouTube is longer. Mm -hmm. And since their watch time is longer, YouTube likes it. They're more likely to click on an advertisement because Lord knows there's a ton of advertisements on YouTube. Yeah. But that's how they make money. But that's also how the creators make money. So it really works out well. I love it. I love it. Well, and I mean, you know, it doesn't always have to be a call to action to something like that. I mean, I always say have a call to action, but it could be just as simple as, hey, I'd love to hear from you. Put a comment. Oh, yeah, exactly. You know, it could or, be engagement. Like this. Yeah. yeah, if you like this, click like or, you know, share this with a friend or whatever. I mean, it doesn't always have to be something that's self-serving. It just can be something. Yeah, um, I think a big change for me was coming up with an actual content plan so actually sitting down and instead of just okay what am i going to create a video on yep. excuse me, a video on today i can look at my content plan okay today i need to make a retention video where the whole idea is just to get people to watch the entire video mm -hmm. the next one's going to be an attraction video it might be a little bit more broad in what i'm talking about because i'm trying to reach a wider audience and then i might have another video where it's just a hard convert sell you know yeah. where i'm trying to get people to leave and, yeah. but so as long as you have a content plan where you have an idea of what you're focusing on on each one and this works not just on youtube it works on instagram it works in blogging yeah. it works everywhere um coming up with a nice little content plan where you're focusing on certain aspects and then doing the calls to actions to leave these platforms a little more sparingly then you're going to end up doing much better on the platform. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. Well, cool, man. Um, what is a book that you would recommend for our audience? Ah, so um, I know you've mentioned, you know, your, what your audience was, I would definitely say hundred million dollar offers by Alex Harmozy. Wow. That is cool. an excellent, excellent book. Uh, because he shows you how to create an offer and yeah. an offer. And I love the, the tagline of the book is offer is so good. Uh, you'll be stupid enough. You'll be stupid to say no. Right. <laughs> you, people feel stupid saying no. And that's the way you almost want to, to build up your offer. You want it to the point to where I, I, I have to buy this, you know? <laughs> so um, I, I never really, I mean, I understood the idea in the past, but because I was really big in the marketing side of things, but yeah. going over $100 million offers has really helped me with the sales side mm -hmm. of things and being able to actually convert a person from having no idea who I was to actually giving me money, you know? So it really, it really works out well. So definitely. You, you million mentioned dollar Russell, offers, yeah, Russell Brunson. And I mean, he always says that, you know, you can have a, you can have the best marketing in the world with a terrible offer and you're not going to sell anything, or you could have the best yeah. offer in the world with terrible marketing and you'll make, you'll at least make a living. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it, it goes such a long way to create that, that irresistible offer, you know? Yeah. And I, I love, I mean, I, I love doing that. I love <laughs> you, especially with my coaching program, like just a little aside, Jeff, when, mm -hmm. like when we first got started, we were running ads on Instagram and okay. there were people who were literally just finding me that day signing up, buying my $2,500 or whatever program, mm -hmm. and then thanking me for giving me the money. And I'm like, I was like this is, that's pretty awesome. This right? is the greatest business ever. Why didn't yeah. I do this sooner? You're like, they're <laughs> thanking me for taking their money. And it's only because, you know, you have to build the value, right? Yeah. So the value needs to far outweigh what it is that they're paying for. Mm -hmm. um, so as long as you can build the value there, now you got to do this you know, it's kind of a superpower, right? You have to do this honestly and ethically because you can really take advantage of people. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I mean, as long as you deliver a good product, 
yeah. it doesn't matter, you know, and, and that's one thing that I definitely learned um, from that book and others. And and way over deliver what you, what you promised. Oh yeah. Way over deliver. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's, that's the thing I, I always appreciated uh, the, the people that I've spent the most money with every time I buy something from, I know I'm going to get like way more than I ever expected. Yes. Yeah. And that's the idea of um, investing too. That's yeah. something that I didn't understand 10 years ago yeah. at least i understood it a little bit but i didn't understand the whole time safe aspect yeah. of it right and being like i'd rather you know instead of buying a course for 500 bucks here i'd rather give someone five thousand and show me how to do it right the yeah. first time because i'm probably going to make a hundred thousand from the ideas that you give me right so at, at which point you know you 20x your investment you know and yeah. now you always have that knowledge that you can reference whenever so it really just just the, depends on your business model what you're trying to do what you're trying to learn uh just find someone that you trust and look at other people who worked with them and you know it's it's, it's, a, it's a risk but give yeah. it a try i mean well, it's a risk make sure yeah and also make sure they're a practitioner and not just a you know well yes. I, let me teach you how to do this okay well have you ever had a successful blog site well, uh, no, not really, but I know the theory behind it. <laughs> if you want to stay safe, invest in index funds. You yeah, know, there and you go. Get your consistent 7 10% every, every year, which is fine. But if you want to hit that home run, the home run that might change your life, you know, then it's okay to, you know, see what happens. You know, yeah. find someone, like you say, who's a practitioner, who's actually doing it, who knows, you know, the ins and outs. Uh, I, I love it when someone messages me on Slack or something and they ask me a question and I know the answer to it in three seconds because, yeah. oh yeah, that happened to me a month ago or that happened to me a year ago and I know how to get there. So Absolutely. that's worth its weight in gold right there. Love it. What's a tool that you use in your business every day that uh, you might recommend? I always use the example of like Evernote for me. Oh yeah. So um, I use a tool called Keyword Chef, all right? Okay. So this is more blogging focused, but mm -hmm. uh, Keyword Chef is this really amazing tool to find keywords or topics that you can write about in your blog posts. Um, okay. Now, what Keyword Chef does that's really different than almost any other keyword tool out there, because there's a, there's a ton of them, um, it can actually look at the front page of Google and analyze what's there and tell you whether or not you have a good shot at ranking for it. Interesting. And that extra little piece that other tools don't really talk about, at least not directly, um, makes it so much easier to find very easy keywords that you can rank for, which will get traffic to your site and then help build authority within Google. And the more authority and topical authority that you get within Google, then they start trusting you with other keywords, other higher value keywords. Um, and by doing that, all of a sudden, your um, display ads revenue and your affiliate revenue can skyrocket nice. if you uh, if you set it up the right way. I love that. That is fantastic. All right, last question. Yep. What is your definition of freedom? Oh, yeah. Being able to do what you want to do, when you want to do it, where you want to do it, if you want to do it. <laughs> you I know, that's it. probably going to be my definition of freedom because uh, I remember my, one of my first jobs, I used to work at a bank and the owner of that bank didn't even have a computer on his desk. <laughs> and I was like, that's power right there. Because he's just yeah. like, you know what? I run this multi-million dollar company and I don't really do anything. I don't really <laughs> need yeah. I, I thought my favorite answer, or the favorite uh, thing I've ever heard, I was I was at a uh, a trade show in the finance industry, and yep. there was the new CEO of the insurance company that I was there at the guest of, and she goes, you know, she goes, I've been been kind of the co CEO or you know work side by side with the former CEO. She goes, 
Then I became the CEO and I realized how little actual work I do every day. Yeah, everything <laughs> is more conceptual at that point, right? You're, you're, yeah. you're trying to guide the ship. And, you know, when you have that type of, I don't want to say power, <laughs> but when you are in that position, um, you know, you have, everything that you do can blow up the business almost. So you, yeah. it has a little bit more risk there. Um, yeah. I remember seeing this old guy, uh, this old um, story where, uh, the guy was who was making pencils and he was like, you as the business owner need me to make the pencils. So yeah. why am I not just as valuable as you are? And then, mm -hmm. then the business owner was like, well, did you put the money up to buy the factory that you're working in? Did you put the money up to buy the lead and the wood that you're using? No, you just showed up and put it together, yeah. right? I'm taking on more of the risk there. So when you are on top, you do have to worry about those types of things. Mm -hmm. However, the benefit of it, especially when you hire the right people in the right places and put them to, in situations where they can thrive, you don't have to do anything. You get the whole four-hour work week style type stuff going at that point. And uh, by, by doing that, I mean, it really does make, you know, you, you, you can really be on the beach sipping a Mai Tai still making money, which is what yeah. the whole, <laughs> you know, that's, that's what everyone sells. The whole idea, yeah. I mean, yeah, but they don't tell you how to get there. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, and um, it's, that's, that's it's really funny with is. Tim, you know, you, you, you know, I, I just reread four-hour work week and you know i'm listening the, to it right now it's funny the the book yeah the book yeah it's fine but the he came to the realization that yeah tim you you didn't really work four hours dude you were busting your ass especially yeah. when the book came out you were busting your ass but you were at least getting to do it with with what you wanted to do and that's yeah. the difference there. He's yeah. doing it himself. A lot yep. of times when you start an entrepreneur to be an entrepreneur, people will say you'll trade in a 40 hour a week job for yep. an 80 hour a week job. Right. But you know what? I get to choose those 80 hours. You know, I get to work yeah. when I feel like it. If I want to work at 11 at night, I can work at 11 at night and I can go to the grocery store at 1030. You know, yeah. so it really just it just depends. And then once you get processes in place, get some SOP, some uh, standard operating procedures where you can mm -hmm. teach other people how to do it. And you slowly and slowly work yourself out of the business and then become an investor. Right. And that's really where you want to be. Yep. I, I use the example. I've, I'm trying to make myself irrelevant in every business I own. So yeah, no, that's <laughs> that's a smart way to do it. You know, you got the whole uh, cash flow quadrants, I think they call them. You know, and you want to become an investor because now you just you know you think about Shark Tank, right? Shark Tank is probably yeah. like every entrepreneur's favorite show, but it's uh, that's just what they do. You know, like yeah. hey, I'm they're not going to be putting a ton of work in it, but they have teams that do it yeah. for them. But they make the big financial decisions as to whether or not they want to invest or not. And I'm able to do that with buying and selling websites. That's fantastic. Well, cool, man. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. It was wonderful. Uh, and I think, you know, especially for people that uh, that are looking for that thing that's out there, and maybe that maybe blogging is your thing. Maybe that's what you're interested in. Uh, if if people have got questions for you, Chris, what's the best way for them to get a hold of you? Yeah, for sure. So um, definitely my podcast, the Blogger Revolution podcast. So just search okay. for it and subscribe, please. That would be um, awesome and amazing. But you yeah. can also find me um, at bloggerrevolution.com. You know, I uh, just a little contact button if you want to hang out or chill or uh, shoot me a message. And okay. we can, uh, you know, talk about how we, we can help or if you just want to say hi, that's okay, yeah. too. So we'll just go from there. But definitely the podcast, Blogger Revolution and then bloggerrevolution.com. I love it, my friend. Thank you so much. I appreciate you being on the show today and sharing your story with us. Uh, thank you so much, Jeff. This was really a fun time. Thanks. Awesome. Well, folks, once again, uh, if you are interested, feel free to reach out to Chris. Um, he left it open for you to, to reach out and say hi. 
we drop these shows Tuesdays and Thursdays every week. Make sure that you subscribe to the channel as soon as you possibly can, whether you're seeing us in person or whether you're seeing or hearing us on uh, on one of the podcast channels. But we are here for you. We're here to provide wonderful stories like this and wonderful introductions like this. So take your time, pick the pick the right thing, but just pick it and go and don't sit here and, and think about it forever. Um, it's all about taking action. And Chris was one of those guys that took action and made it happen. And he changed his life as a result of it. Thanks a lot. We'll see you guys back here next time. Thank you for listening to the Freedom Nation podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and all the major channels. Wherever you're listening, please subscribe to the channel and leave a rating and review. If you have friends and family that could benefit from their own Freedom Day, please share with them. Finally, join Freedom Nation by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.